0: Welcome to the Career by Design podcast. I'm your host, Prayer. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to design the career of your dreams while feeling empowered. I'll be sharing inspirations and strategies that will help you get results. Welcome to this episode of Career by Design. I am joined by Michaela today, And Michaela is an entrepreneur, a business owner. She's an advocate for women. She owns her own company called Reverb. She can share more about that with you. And today we're going to be talking about boundaries and burnout. So this is a topic that's been really close to my heart. I've been speaking with so many different clients on this topic and things are heavy. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are still continuing to work. You may be managing a family and children, and in general, there's a lot going on. So with that, I'd love to introduce Michaela. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here today. So Michaela, we were talking a little
0: bit before the podcast recording, and I know you were telling me how you've been speaking with your clients as well about creating that space and being really careful about who you work with and managing your environment to the extent that it's possible. So can you tell us a little bit more
1: about that? Sure. Yeah. I'll start by talking about some of the clients. And um, we work with clients who need HR help. And I also personally do a bit of executive coaching. And um, there's a common theme, but I'm seeing it highlighted even more during the pandemic, which is how can leaders, well, one is get grounded and have some time and space to take care of themselves. But the other is just with so much that's going on in the world and in the workplace and the fact that somehow we've fallen into this pattern of doing Zoom meetings, which can be back-to-back because we don't need to travel or we don't even need to walk down the hallway. And leaders are asking, you know, how do I carve out time and space for thinking, for strategic planning, for, you know, how can I think more about inspiring my team or developing my team? And it's really hard to just kind of get out of that fray. And so some of what we talk about is the importance of doing that and what, what will happen if you don't. Right. What will happen if you just keep doing the 8 and 10 hours of meetings a day and don't think and plan for the future? Obviously, that is not good for any role or any business that people are in. And then the other thing is, how do people articulate and explain this to their teams? Because sometimes that quiet time that we need for deep thinking might look like if you're in an office, you're shutting the door for a few hours or, you know, you're putting yourself your message on Slack to say I'm out of office for 2 or 3 hours, please don't interrupt me and people want to be really accessible and available to their teams. So, you know, we just talk about how do you communicate to team members what you're doing and why so that they understand they don't think you've gone missing in action. And obviously, they know if there is a dire emergency, of course, they should interrupt you. But otherwise, you really need to carve out this time, it's going to benefit not only you, but them in the long run. So that's one thing on the client side. Um, you know, personally, I've had, uh, well, I've had, a long enough career that I've gone through many phases of both burnout and boundary setting. And I always think one leads to another and it's cyclical. So, you know, in my first job, I was um, in my 20s, I was you know, getting married or newly married, no kids, and so I was actually able to work a, a very long number of hours. And even if I came home late, it didn't matter. My husband, and I would sit down for dinner, and so that was fine. You know, for me at that time in life, that was a version of work-life balance. Then I had two kids, right, and so my my version of work-life balance had to change, and the boundaries I set at work had to change. And one example I recall, um, I had a boss who actually ended up being a wonderful boss, but he literally. Did Didn't sleep much. I think he only needed four hours of sleep a night and I had a newborn. And sometimes he would email me at eight in the evening or even 10 in the evening and say, you know, can you have something to me by eight or eight 30? You know, I think I felt very defensive. Like how could he ask me to do that? And I'm exhausted and I have a baby. I'm probably not even on email to see the message more or less get the work done. And fortunately I just reached out and explained that to him and He, you know, is just very rational, like, oh, you know, thanks for telling me I won't do that anymore. I'll give you more notice, right? Problem solved. But I think it's easy when we don't know our own boundaries to feel by default, well, I have to do that, or I have to meet that deadline, or, you know, my boss is going to think less of me if I don't do that, because there are other people um, who are willing to do that, etc. So that's an early career example, I can definitely share uh, what I've learned more recently. But um, yeah, the burnout and the boundaries are, they are those um, patterns that I think just keep cycling back at different points in our life and career. And, and we always have to find new and creative ways to manage them. Yeah,
0: I think that's such a great example. And I want to talk about a couple of things that you said is we feel that obligation in in career sometimes, especially if you're in a corporate role. But it can happen even if you're the owner of your own business is where you feel like you have to do something or you might be mirroring the behavior of your leadership right? You think that they're sending you emails at all hours. And something really clever that I've seen in recent times is, you know, I've seen leaders, including myself, even if they're working outside of hours, because look, during the pandemic, I think we have flexed a lot, Michaela, right? And, you know, we might log in for a couple of hours in the morning, maybe we're doing something else during midday. And then in the evening we're logging back in, but I've seen on email signatures, like I'm working flex time, please feel free to respond to this in a window that feels comfortable to you and so i really like you know that piece of leadership owning that and doing that but to your point and something what i teach in my program is become the ceo of your life you have to know your own boundaries and what's okay and know when things are draining and i think the sneaky thing is sometimes we don't even realize that we're getting burned out right we feel like it's fine So I came from a a career in consulting, management consulting, which is known for really long hours and travel. And I felt like as a single person, you know, no kids, no family really to worry about that I could handle it. But I think there's those sneaky things that start taking a toll on you where you start feeling that burnout, right? And burnout doesn't necessarily look like you're tired or you can't focus or, you know, other things. So I want to talk about that with you is what have you seen, you know, maybe in your own experience with clients in terms of those sneaky symptoms of burnout when you know that, you know, it just can't go on anymore.
1: Yeah, I actually had a boss, I spent three years while I was at Amazon working in India, and I have a wonderful boss there. And he wrote in my performance review, something like, I'm uh, worried that you'll burn yourself out. And, you know, I just, I I sort of found it interesting at the time. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, but um, I don't think I was working longer or harder hours than any other average person was working at Amazon at that point in time. But, you know, I I think not too many years after that, I did experience burnout. And so sometimes what's sustainable in the moment or for a month or six months is not necessarily sustainable for a year or six years. And so what he recognized that I didn't was that I had formed these work habits that were inevitably going to lead to burnout at some point for me sooner or later. Um, So he was much further ahead of it than I was. I think the other thing someone pointed out to me quite recently. That I hadn't realized was that you can love what you're doing and still do too much of it. So even if you have amazing work conditions, incredible coworkers, and you're energized by the work that you do, which all of those things are true for me, you can still do too much, you know, put in too many hours, not get enough rest, and it can cause burnout. And, um, I think especially with the pandemic, because our stress level is already high, our anxiety level is already high. And so everything that's going on in the background is um, kind of pent up and we don't always realize that. And then if we're just working a little too much or facing too many challenges in our work environment, it can really tip the scales. And that's something I've been hearing from people recently is like, gosh, this little thing happened and I sort of collapsed or gosh, nothing happened. And I love my job, but I was just, you know, I was dragging, I was exhausted. Um, So I think those are, those are those physical reminders that our body gives us. That's like, Hey, you need to slow down or Hey, you need to take a break right now. You're just doing too much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, something else that I want to add to that and recommend is don't wait, right? Don't wait till you have that dragging feeling or that one thing happens. And as difficult as it is, and you talked about this a little bit with calendaring, right, and meetings, is make sure that you're scheduling those breaks in, that you have downtime, and that your calendar isn't full from 8 to 8 p.m. You know, a lot of times people will think, okay, taking lunch, making lunch, taking their, their kids out. That counts as a break, right? But be really intentional about what is a break for you. Is it taking a 15 minute nap? Is it, you know, having a nice walk alone, tuning into a podcast and being really authentic with yourself, I would say, and honest with yourself as to what a break actually looks like and is and how much you need. And I would put those things on the calendar first right? I don't think breaks are an extra nice thing to have if you have finished all your tasks at the end of the day, they should be built in, you should have periods of time every morning that are just for you during lunch, if you can, and after work that are regular, and that you're not going to be moving. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in terms of some solutions
1: for preventing burnout. Absolutely, I live by my calendar. I um, during the week it's really if it's on the calendar I do it, and if it's not I don't. And I've gradually adopted some uh, different techniques to help, like you said, with the rest and the time management. Um, I started doing one thing last summer, which is I live in Seattle. We have beautiful summers, and I live uh, near an amazing park. And I started blocking out a ninety-minute lunch so that I could eat lunch, but also take a walk in the middle of the day. So just get out, move around, enjoy the sun. And then as the summer was ending, I thought, well, why should I, why should I remove that just because it's not sunny? Because it's, you know, you still need a break. Now I usually do, I make and eat my lunch. I listen to a podcast, you know, I'm working from home. So if I need to run the dishes or flip the laundry or something, I put that in as well. So that's one thing that's really helped me. Another one um, at my firm, we observe a meeting free Friday and basically fall and winter, we call it Flex Friday. So meeting free. And then also just, you know, if you're able to get out and start your weekend early, uh, we encourage that. And then summer Friday, which I define as uh, work as little as possible. And so usually on Fridays, you'll find the team are out um, hiking or biking or boating or taking a three day weekend if they can. So strongly encourage that and knowing everybody is out and nobody's going to slack and nobody's going to email, it really frees everybody up to enjoy that time away. And then the last one that I started at the beginning of 2022, and I'm trying to stick with is I realized that part of my morning routine really included work. You know, I sort of pretended it was a really healthy morning routine, because I'd get up and make a cup of tea and sit somewhere comfortable. But I was spending a lot of that early morning time checking email and checking social media. Um, And then I realized it was just prolonging my workday. And I but I wasn't being that efficient, because I wasn't really working, I was kind of skimming. So so um, I tried to reverse that and I still get up and I still have my tea, but I just only do things for myself until I really sit down to start the work day. So before eight or eight 30, I'll do my morning meditation. I'll do some exercise. I do read the news. So I know what's going on in the world, but I um, don't turn on the email and social media until I've actually sat down at my desk. And that's really helped me. I get the exact same amount done. I'm sure I'm more efficient, right? Because everything I was looking at earlier. I needed to look at twice because I wasn't really addressing any of it. I was just kind of seeing what had come in overnight. So I'm very much with you about building the calendar around what you personally need to be effective and be productive. And also, I think people worry about, well, I'm not getting in the eight hours of work or the 10 hours of work. But there's so much research now that shows our brains really are not productive for that amount of time anyway. So I find with a couple more hours away, I'm actually more productive than. I was before.
0: I love that advice, right? About the efficiency piece because. That's so true. So many times we think we're being efficient and getting a head start. And like you said, all those little sneaky lies we tell ourselves, but it's not true. Now, the big question that I have for you, Michaela, and I hear this so much with clients is, you know, if you have your own company or if you're in certain roles, you can flex your schedule, right? You can say no to meetings, block time off, but I have a lot of clients that come to me and, and say that they don't feel like they're in control of their corporate calendar, that it is their culture at the company. There's lots and lots of meetings. And so literally I know people that are, you know, nine to 6 PM, they're just in meetings all the time. And they may not be in a leadership role where they can influence a change and have something like a no meetings Friday. So what is your advice for those people?
1: Yeah, I very much understand that. And I have also been there earlier in my career. So, you know, one thing I think it's helpful to ask and open up some of these conversations. It's so likely if you're suffering from that kind of calendar and back-to-back meetings that others are as well. And so you may not be able to influence the entire company culture, but I would say maybe check in with your teammates and your manager to just say, hey, is there something that we could experiment with that would be you know, good for our wellness, good for our morale? I think especially today with the pandemic um, and with the you know, so-called great resignation, that leaders are maybe more open to some of these things, right? If this is going to help people perform well, if this is going to help people stay in the company and not leave for another organization, people are being a little bit more open-minded. So that's one approach. I also think, you know, advocate um, for yourself or ask for either ask for permission. Um, Or, you know, in, in case of the meetings, right, just kind of evaluate, are there some things where I'm not required? Are there certain meetings where I'm going to be just as effective if I receive the meeting notes? Is it something I can delegate, you know, or interchange with another colleague, and then we both attend 50% fewer of that particular meeting. So sometimes we need to take a little bit of risk and apply our judgment. I found that often, even though these kinds of things can be norms in organizations, if you are performing well, while adhering to your own values, you know, if you're effective, if you're productive, if you're getting the work done, people value that. And so sometimes the the symptom, like the too many meetings, it's not really that people want to see you at each and every meeting. It's just that your company doesn't have great meeting hygiene. And if there's something that you can do behind the scenes to make it work better for you, I think you'd be surprised at how um, creative people can be. There's um, there's one example that comes to mind years ago when I was working in a tech company. And one of my clients was, she was one of the very few female general managers and her assistant had just had a baby. And at that company, it was really frowned on to do a shorter week or to go part-time. There were you know penalties that you could face in terms of benefits or stock vesting. And she, she just made the, an informal agreement with her assistant. She said, look, Um, you're basically sort of quote unquote work from home on Fridays. And uh, if I need you, I'll call you, but otherwise do what you've got to do. And so, I mean, on one hand, I think it was very brave and generous that the GM did that. It was kind of unfortunate that the company systems were so arcane that they actually had to work around the company and not with the company. But I think that's an example where both she and her assistant benefited and I'm sure it increased the loyalty and kind of longevity of that particular employee versus her having to choose between her infant and her job. I think that's such a great example of setting boundaries like we talked
0: about in the beginning, right? Is having open communication, Knowing what's working for you, what's not working for you. And what I would say is if you've tried those avenues, if you've been courageous, if you've asked for those changes and still nothing's happening and you still find yourself, you know, sitting in meetings all day, having that dragging feeling, feeling tired. I would really encourage you to examine and see if that's the right environment for you. And as scary as that is, just know that there are so many opportunities for you where you could be doing really, really impactful work, really good work, possibly better than where you are today, and still have that flexibility around meetings and having more control of your time. So it doesn't take that long term toll on you. Because sometimes if you've been working for a long time, it can it can really have like long-term effects on you, right? We spend so much time at work. And so I just want you all that are listening to be really mindful of that and really start paying attention to how you're feeling at the end of the day, how you feel at the end of the work week. And, you know, do you really have the level of energy that you want if you are doing all the other kind of healthful and mindful things and make a decision that's going to be, helpful to you and supportive to you in the long run. So that's all I want to leave you with. Michaela, let me know if there's something else that you want to add for Career by Design listeners that could be really helpful in terms of, you know, burnout and boundaries.
1: Well, I was going to say that last piece of advice you gave is so true. And I think my favorite quote that I have read during the pandemic is that employees are no longer accepting the unacceptable. So very true. You know, if you're at an organization that just isn't allowing you to carve out the time and space that you need to have a healthy life, then it probably is time to look for something else. And um, those opportunities are are out there, you know, just like you said. So don't shortchange yourself you know, find something. I know there's always that debate of can we have it all? And I think in this regard of, you know, having a great, challenging, interesting job and having the time to stay healthy and take care of ourselves, the the answer is yes. So I would absolutely say go for it.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being a guest, for offering all of your valuable advice. And we will talk to you really soon, Michaela. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Career by Design podcast. I hope that the strategies I share today will help you on your journey to an amazing career. Be sure to check in next week for another episode. And for more tips, follow me on Instagram under inspiration underscore
1: careers.